So before we launch into this week's episode, you might be interested to know about our event coming up, face-to-face event, Inspiring Prevention of Eating Disorders and Body Image Issues in London, September the 30th, Camden, London, 2023. Really hope you'll be able to make it. At the moment, it's just gonna be a face-to-face event. However, if there is a lot of demand, we might be doing it online as well. So I have brought together many different professionals in the field who are passionate about the prevention of eating disorders and body image issues. So we're gonna have there, um, obviously myself, and Kath Cunahan, psychotherapy mum on Instagram, talking about the early years as foundation for good mental well-being. We're going to have the binge eating therapist there, Sarah Dosange, talking about the hidden eating disorders, 85% of people not being underweight with an eating disorder. We've got Dr. Kaz Bomba with diagnosis, early intervention and support, you know, really being able to support medical professionals, teachers and more. George Mycock is going to be there of my own mind, talking about how eating disorder services can be improved for greater access for men and those with muscularity orientated issues. We've got Victoria Kleinsman coming to talk about body image and radical self-love. We have Rose White talking about intuitive eating principles. The eating disorder nutritionist Anne Richardson talking all about is sugar the enemy, healthy week in schools, reframing the whole way we help our children develop a healthy relationship with food. We have Jane Hartley talking about a developing a healthy relationship with exercise and movement and many more people. So I really hope you'll be able to make it. The link is in the show notes. It's $149.99, which is an absolute bargain for all these different speakers in one day. You get all your food and refreshments included, and it's a face-to-face event. It's gonna be so amazing, because it just feels like so long since we've been able to kind of properly, like really get together in these kind of spaces. So much of it has been on Zoom, and Zoom is amazing. It has been a credible thing for my business but I'm so looking forward to just getting everyone in one space and to really have that sort of collective energy and consciousness and inspiration and transformation to really think about how we can improve things for going forward for the future. So hope to see you there, link is in the show notes. Hello and welcome to the Eating Disorder Therapist podcast. This is a podcast to help you find peace with food and overcome disordered eating. And I'm Harriet Brew, aka the Eating Disorder Therapist. And I'm so excited to share with you all kinds of stories, tips, information and guest interviews to help you on your journey in finding peace with food. So thank you so much for listening today. Now today I was due to have a guest on the podcast, but unfortunately I think they forgot. So never mind, these things happen and um, I think we all lead such busy lives and um, it's so easy, isn't it, to miss emails and um, I know that I have been guilty of this too. So instead, you have a solo episode from me. So I was having a look through some of my past podcast content because I thought, well, I'm going to give myself a little bit of a get out here and look at some of the past most downloaded episodes and I found one looking at the psychology of eating disorders. It's like one called more about the psychology of eating disorders. So I thought, well, I will use that. And I went back and had a little listen and the audio quality of that particular episode, for whatever reason, is not great. So apologies for that. So I think generally my audio quality is pretty good you know it's not perfect but I think it's usually um fairly good but for some reason that particular one and ironically one of the most downloaded episodes ever 
I think I probably recorded it on Zoom and for some reason it's just not so great. Anyway, so I thought I will re-record it on my phone, which um, seems to be better than Zoom. Anyway, there you go, a bit of waffle background for you. So I'm going to talk in this episode about varying feelings, people-pleasing, perfectionism, all things that are sort of tied up in the psychology of eating disorders. So... People that develop eating disorders tend to be sensitive souls and who people who feel their feelings very deeply. Now, ultimately, I truly believe this is a superpower and means that individuals are hugely empathic, kind and compassionate beings, but it also means that the world can feel overwhelming and tricky to navigate at times. And it can exacerbate issues with low self-esteem, people-pleasing, perfectionism, and in managing emotions. So in this episode, I focus in on pleasing and perfectionist traits to hopefully help those with eating disorders feel better understood and also to offer carers and loved ones further insight. Now, of course, I'm generalizing in this episode and every person's experience is unique. So if you don't relate, trust your inner wisdom and your own path. But I hope that you find some of this helpful. So where are we? So because people with eating disorders are often very sensitive souls, the world can feel intense and overwhelming. So it's often hard for someone to know where their feelings end and someone else's begins. So they will often take on a caring role for the people they love. They will often put their own needs to one side, not always consciously, but do everything they can to make sure that they keep the peace and don't upset others. They want harmony and for others around them to be okay. And if there have been stresses going on in the family, which happen in every family because it is life, maybe bereavement, an illness, or a sibling is struggling, the person with the eating disorder will likely have recognised that stress that everyone was under, and they would have tried to be the kind of good child and to minimise any further stress. Again, I'm generalising here, it's going to be individual for each situation. So generalising, but in the situation, if they're trying to minimize stress for everyone else, they'll aim to get on with life themselves and to cause minimal fuss or additional worries. Now, the problem with this coping, of course, is that it's very people-pleasing. And it might feel for carers and people around the person that actually, you know, this is a good child, actually this is great, like this person never causes a fuss, but actually there's a lot of feelings that are getting bottled up, which isn't very healthy. And it's a kind of survival strategy as well, just trying to look after everyone else. Um, So, you know, short term, it can seem to work. So the person pre-ED may have appeared as a super coper, the non-problem child who just gets on with it. But I guess the problem with people pleasing behaviour means that someone's own feelings do not get felt, heard or expressed. And for good emotional health for all individuals, we need to be in touch with our feelings at least some of the time so that we can get our needs met. So the person with an eating disorder might have become quite terrified or overwhelmed with their own feelings or, you know, just got so good at kind of pushing them aside and almost by default being that people-pleasing person and not even really recognising that they're suppressing their feelings. So what they may try to do, and this could be conscious or unconscious, try to keep the negative emotions at bay. And if feelings do bubble up to the surface, they might push them down or feel that they're wrong or messy or unmanageable. So they don't want to express feelings that might conflict with people around them 
They don't want to burden others and create more stress. Then what happens is that food is often a focus of control and safety. It's one of the very few things that they have complete control over personally. And whether it be restricting food or eating in secret, focusing on food can numb or distract from difficult feelings. So if you're struggling with an eating disorder and resonate with this, I would really encourage you to begin to open up and talk to someone close to you who you can trust about what is going on. So this might not be someone in your family. I mean, hopefully it can be, but it may be that you speak to a good friend or someone in your extended family or a teacher or someone at work. And I think it's really important to recognize that you're not a burden for having feelings. It's okay and it's safe to express how you feel. And this can be such a turning point for change to feel heard, listened to and understood. And I think, again, it's taking baby steps with this. You don't have to open up and disclose everything in one go. You might just want to test it out and see how the person that you're being open with responds. You might also wish to try journaling and just allowing yourself to connect with your inner world because you probably become adept at knowing what you feel that you should do, what others expect of you, whether this be the culture, educational institutions, family, friends, but it's trying to put some of these shoulds to one side and to allow yourself to tune in and recognize what is actually important to you, okay? This is very hard for the people pleaser because I think often, I know this was true for myself, I completely lost who I was, I lost my identity, I didn't know my opinion about anything, I was just so good at molding myself to fit the world. And um, this was massively detrimental to my well-being. Now, if you're a loved one of someone with an eating disorder, you will naturally be struggling as it's hard to see your loved one in pain. And it's imperative that you express your own understandable anxieties, worries and strong emotions to either a counsellor, a close friend, partner or someone you trust. And if you don't do this, these feelings will be bubbling day by day and they'll leak out in bursts of anger, anxiety and emotional overwhelm. So really important to prioritize your own self-care and fill yourself up so that you're emotionally resourceful, calm and present for your loved one. It's impossible for a human being to hold a safe space for another person when you are feeling in fight, flight and overwhelm yourself because understandably you're going to be so reactive. If your loved one then can sense that talking to you will make you worry or panic or get angry, they will hold their feelings inside to protect you. So your job as a carer, loved one, is to be quietly supportive, to listen and to offer acceptance and encouragement. You cannot fix or push someone to change and it's incredibly frustrating as a parent or loved one to get your head around this. It really is. So it's not your job though to fix. If you want to gain more info and understanding about this as well, read more about the new Maudsley Animal Model. If you give that a Google and it will really help you understand you know, how you can be helpful as a parent or carer. So another pattern that's seen in some people with eating disorders is a tendency towards perfectionism and perhaps relying as well on external validation. So often pre-eating disorder, the person may have been incredibly driven, excelling academically or in a particular sport or in their attractiveness to others. They may have been praised and validated for this. And of course, there's nothing wrong with praising someone for their hard work and dedication and achievements. But what can be challenging is when someone's self-esteem becomes very conditional around this. 
they might feel they must be the perfect golden person who is excelling and the very best. And if they don't meet these standards, which have often become their own internal standards, then they feel as though they are failing. So control of food or weight can then become a welcome coping to gain a sense of control and achievement when possibly the other standards feel too much to live up to. And someone's perfectionism may have led them to believe that they cannot express the messy, vulnerable parts of themselves, that this is a sign of weakness and that they need to maintain the positive and super achieving persona. So if you're struggling with an eating disorder and relate to this, recognize that as human beings, we are all messy and imperfect. You may be academic or sporty or beautiful or resilient, but you will also sometimes be anxious, overwhelmed, imperfect and flawed. And trying to be perfect all the time and being cut off from your imperfections is an impossible way to live. And when you're doing this, of course you will need to try and control and numb the messy parts of life and likely with food and control of your body. So take a baby step towards giving yourself permission to be imperfect and to embrace all parts of yourself. You're good enough and loved exactly as you are and you are not defined by your external achievements. And if you're a loved one of someone struggling with perfectionism and an eating disorder, do your very best not to amplify these external pressures. You know, we live in a culture where academic institutions place intense pressures on young people to perform, where social media is very validating of a certain look, and where outward, outward achievement is often valued over someone's innate inequalities. Again, be there, offering acceptance, a listening ear, warmth and unconditional love. And if you struggle with perfectionism yourself, be kind and compassionate towards yourself too. Perfectionism is a survival strategy to try and feel good enough. And as a loved one supporting someone with an eating disorder, do seek out your own support if you need to. This will support you in being able to offer a good enough support to your loved one, rather than imposing external pressures to try and be the perfect carer as well, because that's another pressure you really don't want. Okay, I hope this episode has given you some insights into understanding an eating disorder as a coping strategy. Again, it's, um, you know, general trends and um, general themes I'm talking about here. This isn't applicable to everyone, so I guess take what's helpful, reject what isn't. And it is often said, it's not about food, it's about feelings. And this is very true. It becomes all about food. But this is really a distraction or numbing from the deeper feelings beneath. And it can feel much safer to focus on food and your body than to acknowledge anger, jealousy, hurt, disappointment, rage or grief. Recovery, recovery from an eating disorder is possible though. You have the wisdom and inner knowledge within. Your body knows what it needs and can support you. And you may need to relearn to tune in again. There is an inner voice within you that is healthy and can guide you along your own unique path. And you may need to reach out and get professional support to guide you through. Reach out as well to people in your life who offer support, understanding and unconditional love. And gently distance yourself from anyone who is controlling, invalidating of your feelings or is emotionally draining of you. Don't give up. Recovery is possible for you. Okay, so I hope you have enjoyed this episode. And again, apologies for not having a guest this week, but I'll be back next week with a guest and of course with more bite-sized episodes. Um, if you're not following me on Instagram, do seek me out the eating disorder therapist underscore. If you enjoy this podcast, you might want to enroll in my bite-sized therapy, which is only five pounds a month, but you can try it for a week for free if you want to test it out and see if you like it and if it's for you. 
I've also got 50% off my online course at the moment with the code freedom is possible and go to the eatingdisordertherapist.co.uk if you want to have a look at that and find out if it would be something that you might be interested in. If you enjoy this podcast, I'll be so grateful if you would follow, rate and review as it helps it reach so many more listeners. Thank you so much for listening today and I look forward to sharing another podcast episode with you very soon.